hear a reading from Mark 11, verses 1 through 11. Now as they approached Jerusalem near Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here soon. So they went and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street and untied it. Some people standing there said to them, what are you doing untying that colt? They replied as Jesus had told them, and they, they bystanders let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus. Their cloaks, they threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread branches they had cut from the fields. Both those who went ahead and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Then Jesus entered and in Jerusalem and went to the temple. And after looking around at everything, he went to Bethany with the twelve, since it was already late. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, in this moment of silence, speak to us about your word. Lord, these are strange days, and we want to understand them. So be here with us. Let your spirit guide us. Open our ears so that we might hear, our eyes so that we might see, our hearts so that we might believe. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. My name is, or uh, was, Simon. Some people call me Peter. I know what you all think when you look at me. Galilean fisherman, illiterate, stinky, loud, roughneck, mean, probably dropped out of school. <laughs> Fine. Go ahead and keep thinking that. That keeps you lot out of my business. You probably don't know. I do business as far as Rome. There are merchants on the way to Egypt carrying my catch of fish. My brother Andrew and I, we were the kings of Capernaum. You want any business done in Capernaum? 
you come talk to us because we knew where to find it. But one day by the sea, we heard him. He came alone at first. He was talking about another kingdom, the kingdom of Adonai. And so we listened, and his words made sense to us. We had to go back to our boats, and people kept coming and telling us everything he said. It made so much sense. It was so good. And so when he came to us, and said, I want to use your skills. You are fishers. Now you can fish for people. What could we do? Dropped our nets, and we followed him. And now I am fishing for people. The next day, he took us to synagogue. He was teaching there. And a man stood up and started shouting. I thought he was drunk. He was a crazy man. He was shouting at him, and he said, I know who you are. And so Jesus looked at him and said, be quiet. Come out of him. And the man went quiet. We were all stunned. Right after Jesus finished teaching, I said, we got to get something to eat. Let's go to my mom's house. She always has good food. When we got there, we couldn't find mom. She was laying in bed, so sick. When we saw her, she was covered in sweat. Her face was white. She was breathing heavy. She was barely awake. Jesus walked right in, and he grabbed her by the hand and pulled her off her bed. And it was like her fever stayed in bed. She got up, and she cooked us some fish. It was delicious. Oh, after that, the crowd started coming. It was amazing. As they came, more and more people, he healed them all. Every single person with a hurt leg or an illness or a demon or sadness, he looked at them. He touched them. He spoke to them, and they were healed. We didn't know what to think of it. The next day, we woke up in the morning, and before the sun rose, the crowds were already there. So many people, all of Capernaum had come to see him, to be healed by him, to be touched by him. And so we went to wake Jesus, and he wasn't in his bed. We searched around the house, nowhere in the house, and so I took Andrew. We had to get him. These people were going to be angry. They were ready. They wanted to see him. Where was he? And so we went out and found him finally in the hills, sitting under a tree. All the people were waiting for him. And he's praying? Praying? Jesus, all the people are looking for you. He says, I have work in other towns. Let's go. I want to tell them about the kingdom, too. And so we left the crowds behind without a word, and we went.
as he went, more and more people started following him. More and more people started learning from him. His teachings got stranger and stranger, but we loved every word of it. When people came to him to be healed, they were healed. And we started getting used to him leaving. He would disappear every couple days, be gone for half a day, sometimes the whole day. One time, Andrew saw him going up a mountain nearby. And then word came to us. He had sent someone to get us. He called 12 of us to come and be with him. And he gave us a responsibility. He said, you 12, I'm appointing you to be with me. And I'll send you out to tell people about my kingdom. And you'll do what I've done. You'll cast demons out of people. And that day he gave me a new name. Rocky. Peter. I never knew anyone named Rocky before. But it felt like he was seeing me. Like he was understanding me like no one else had. It was who I was born to be. I got to be the leader of the 12, I think. <laughs> I hope. I'm pretty sure I'm the leader. And so we went down the mountain and continued on. Everywhere Jesus went, he told stories. He told stories about seeds going in the ground, about rain falling and plants growing. He told stories about lamps. One time we got in a boat and went across and a storm came and it was so bad that we couldn't control the ship. It was filling with water. He was asleep in the boat. <laughs> he got up, stood out front, spoke and it stopped on the other side there was a man the scariest man I have ever seen in my whole life and that man ran up to Jesus I was sure he was going to kill him and Jesus spoke to the man and he sat down and listened and started learning from Jesus right away we came back, and we got back home, and now Jairus, the leader of my synagogue, was coming to see Jesus. But Jairus was so upset, he was weeping, and when he got to Jesus, he didn't, he didn't have something to teach Jesus or tell Jesus. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him, please come, my daughter is dying, hurry. So Jesus left, and on the way, he stops for this woman, this dirty woman, and he healed her, but it took too long. The girl was dead. When we got to Jairus' house, she was dead. That's when Jesus pointed at me and James and John. He said, just you three, just you three come in with me see the girl. I tried to get out of it, to be honest. What if I would catch what she had? 
I didn't have my mask. We went in, and there was the dead girl alone in the room. The shades were drawn. It was dark. And Jesus grabbed her hand, just like my mom. She yawned and sat up. <laughs> she was alive. Now, I've heard of prophets who can drive out demons. I've heard stories of prophets who can heal people. I'm not sure about stopping a storm, but raising someone from the dead, that, that was new. I wasn't sure what was going on, but I started thinking about this. He'd been talking about his kingdom over and over again. And so one day we're walking along and Jesus asks us, who do the people say that I am? What do they say about me? We told him the rumors, you're Elijah, maybe, or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus looked right at me. Who do you say that I am? He said, you're the anointed king. You're the king and you're coming to bring your kingdom. And he said, shh, shh, shh. Don't tell anyone. And that didn't make sense to me. Why not build an army? But no. He told us to be quiet. He said, we have to go to Jerusalem. And when we get to Jerusalem, I'll be rejected. I'll be arrested. I'll be beaten. I'll be killed. And then he said that other thing. Something about coming back from the dead. I don't know what he's talking about. Jesus told me I was named Rocky. I'm the leader of the troops. I'm his conciliary. I'm his chief of staff. And he was making a bad call. So I said to Jesus, you can't do this. You can't, you can't go in and just give yourself up. That's no way to build a kingdom. And that day when he called me Rocky, I felt like he knew me better than anyone ever has. This time he called me something else. Get behind me, Satan, he said. And to be honest, I felt like he knew me better than ever before when he said that. All this time he'd be telling us to believe in him, and I wanted him to do it my way. I wanted him to raise an army. I wanted him to consolidate land. I wanted him to fundraise and build wealth. And that wasn't the way he was doing it. I was having trouble believing. So we went on. A few days later, he took us to the mountaintop. He 
Things happened up there, you guys. Crazy things. But I'm not allowed to tell you about it yet. I want to tell you so bad. And he said, I can't. So just trust me. It's crazy. Okay. You'll see. When we came down from the mountaintop, a rich man came to talk to Jesus. This rich man was so good. He had, a, he had a reputation that followed him wherever he went. He obeyed all of the law. He kept all of the commandments. And he was constantly trying to please God. And so he came to Jesus. He came to the rabbi and said, Tell me, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the rabbi said to him, well, obey the commandments. I already do, he said. And I remember the rabbi looking at him. There's one thing you're missing. Sell everything you own. Give it all away and come follow me. I don't know what happened to him. He left sad and we haven't seen him since. We wondered, is there any way, if this guy can't get it, is there any way any of us possibly could? And then it occurred to me, my nets are back in Capernaum. <laughs> I left everything. I did better than the rich man. And so I said to Jesus, look at us. We left it all behind. We came to follow you. And he made some big promises to us. He is the king, after all. He's going to give us ten times what we gave up. He said that other thing about persecution. Maybe it just means we'll have to fight for it. I, I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me. All of that led up to yesterday. Yesterday, we finally arrived in Jerusalem. And when we got there, I was sure it was happening. The, the king had arrived and the people knew it. He was riding on the donkey just like the prophets said. And the crowds were in front of him and behind him. And they knew he had come to set us free from the Romans. Hosanna, save us. You're the king. You're the champion. You're the conqueror. Save us. It was happening. None of this hogwash about being rejected and arrested and killed. He's built his army. We're ready. The people are rising up. Well, he looked around the temple and left. And, and as we were leaving, we walked out of the temple, and he sees this tree, a fig tree. He was hungry, I guess. He went up and he looked all around the tree. It wasn't the season for figs. And he looked all over the tree, and when he didn't find any figs, he got angrier than I've ever seen him. Angrier than when he gets at demons. He hadn't raised his voice at anyone like this except me that one time. <laughs> he 
the ultimate, you never bear fruit again. We all got scared and we left in a hurry. We slept that night and this morning we're coming back into Jerusalem and we walked past the tree. You guys, the leaves had all turned brown and fallen off. The branches were naked. The tree was dead. I freaked out. Rabbi, come look the tree! And as we looked at the tree, he started talking about faith, about believing. Here we were, we had climbed the mountain of Jerusalem, and we could see on the top of the hill the temple. It was, the, it was Mount Zion. It was the top of the world for us. And I'm asking him about the tree, and he says, even with tiny faith, you could say to this mountain, go jump into the sea, and it would. And I have no idea what he's talking about. I've been thinking about it all day. You know, figs and fig trees have a weird history for us. When our first father, Adam, and his wife Eve disobeyed God. As soon as they disobeyed God in the garden, they were embarrassed. They felt shame. They saw that they were naked. And so they grabbed fig leaves off of a fig tree and covered their private parts. They were hiding. Ever since when I see those fig leaves, I've thought about the shame the shame that I felt when he called me Satan. The shame that I know in my heart every day. I've thought about that shame. We've been hiding in so many ways. We built a temple and God stays in there and we stay out here. And we get clean and we put on clean clothes and we take baths and we bring sacrifices to talk to him, to wash away our shame. And he says, a little faith, and you can say to that mountain of shame, go, jump in the sea. I don't know what's gonna happen in Jerusalem. The crowds love him. Every day, all day, he's been teaching in the temple courts, and the kids are there, and the grown-ups, and everyone's there. But I can tell the leaders aren't happy about it. But as for me, I'll wave my palm branch. I'm the general in this king's army. Nothing will make me run away from him. I'll stay with him to the bitter end. I'll fight, and I hope you'll join me. His shame, his, his grace will wash away my shame, and yours too. Let's pray that his kingdom conquers Jerusalem. Pray.
Lord. We've been following you all this way. You've brought us to Jerusalem. You, you've, you've brought us to the temple. The crowds have gathered around you. And we want to roll out the red carpet for you. We want to believe in you so that we can say to the mountain, be thrown into the sea. Lord, help us to believe. In Jesus' name, amen.